0: Welcome to Fierce Fit, Feminine, and Other F-Words. I'm Christine Brunelli, and I help women unstuck themselves. Fake it till you make it, girl. Did you ever hear that? I heard that a lot growing up, and I'll bet you've heard it at least once in your lifetime from someone who's trying to coach you to be a better you. Is there any truth to it? Can we fake it till we make it? And are we showing up authentically if we do it? What does the research say? We're going to take all of this apart, learn it and understand it, and I think you're going to be surprised by what we find out. Let's get started. I used to put on, manage, direct, organize, I don't know how you want to do it, large events for women. Large events meaning minimum attendance 500 and upward to about 1500 in attendance. And I remember the very first event years and years ago, the very first event that I had planned, I was given the microphone to make a pitch to invite the women that were in this group to invite the women to come on board, to register, to sign up for this big event that I was putting on for women. And they gave me 20 seconds. They said, you have 20 seconds. And I had never spoken in front of a group, maybe more than, I don't know, 15, 20 people. I had performed in front of people before where, you know, I was a competitive figure skater. I have a dance background. No problem. You want a girl to come out with you and dance on a tabletop. No problem. I'll do it. But if you, If you're giving me a microphone and saying, I have 20 seconds to explain an event. When, where, why, how, all those things. And I can—I only have 20 seconds to do it. What? (laughs) I remember that feeling of, how in the world am I going to do this? I didn't have any clue of what my voice was going to sound like. Was it going to shake? The group that I was inviting, the group of people that I was given the microphone, I was in front of about a thousand. And that was the largest group I'd ever spoken in front of before. And I was nervous. And I'm not someone that gets nervous. I'm pretty confident, right? When I go out there and do my thing. I mean, if I'll dance on a table, (laughs) I'll do anything, right? Not true. We all have our thing. My biggest challenge with that was the 20 seconds. I didn't know how to Get all of those details down to 20 seconds. But I was part of a program that I had. That's my time. I didn't know if they'd come out with like a big giant cane and pull me off the stage. I didn't know what to expect. All I know is I wanted to pitch it well. I wanted I wanted women to feel like, wow, this is something I want to do. And I wanted to do a good job on stage so that I would be invited back on the microphone to be able to do that type of thing again. I had to fake my confidence. I want to tell you, I went on stage that day. I did it. I nailed it. I I just did it exactly. I thought about it and I thought about it. I was given a week, right, to be able to come up with how I'm going to do this in 20 seconds. And if you're an experienced speaker, you understand this, right? This was years ago. I was, my children were like maybe two and four years old at the time. They were young. So I have had lots of practice since then, but that was my first experience. And I remember having to rehearse over and over and over again. I remember actually holding the microphone, the fake microphone or a hairbrush, practicing in front of the mirror and trying to look engaging, trying to be informative and entertaining, but not too entertaining. You know what? That balance. I had to fake it and it worked it worked so can you fake it till you make it was i being me absolutely 100% me did i feel like i was shaking in my boots when i was up there yes and i was worried about what am i going to wear what's the floor like because i'm a heels girl so can i wear my normal high heels am i going to slip and fall before i even get to the x marks the spot on the stage where you're supposed to stand right all of the things that and and I can't do testing, testing, one, two, three. How far do you hold the microphone from your mouth? And will I be able to make eye contact with people in the audience? All those questions were in my head flooding. So yes, I had to fake it because I did not have any experience speaking to a thousand plus people on stage. I had to fake it. I practiced for a week and I nailed it. Can you relate to any situation like that? Maybe it was in a job. Maybe it was being asked to take on a new task that you had no idea, but you said yes and you had to figure it out along the way. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe you're out on a first date. Uh, You know, as moms, when you're a brand new mother, you have no clue what you're doing unless you were a nanny. And even then, if you had childhood, like uh, raising children experience, when they're yours and nobody's there to help you, you're home alone. You're faking it till you make it. I mean, that is one of the most difficult things I think I've ever done in my life is learn how to grow humans, right? Raise them, teach them how to use a spoon. All the babies. But as moms, we figure it out and we're really happy when, you know, they get to adult age and they're, they're respectful contributors to society and they're kind people. And that's our work, right? That's, that's something we never knew how to do. We learned on the go Well, faking it till we make it, or as I like to think of it as fake it until you become is learning on the go. And I want to talk about this today in a previous episode. Actually, it's probably the very previous episode to this one. We talked about how to make a great first impression. All the factors that come into making a first impression. While well, faking it until we make it is part of building on a first impression. And so much comes into play when we have to fake it until we become whatever it is that we're working on. And that faking it doesn't make you inauthentic. All it's doing, based on neuroscience, and we're going to get into this, all it is doing is demonstrating a confidence and a competence that you don't believe you have yet, but you can't actually gain the competence and confidence until you demonstrate the bravery and the courage to try it. And you can practice and practice and practice until the cows come home and not get out there and do. You all know that. We get stuck, right? We, we, we don't feel like we're ready yet. Getting the bravery and the confidence and the courage to step out and do requires sometimes faking it until you become whatever it is you want to become. And sometimes that involves nonverbal cues, And sometimes it involves verbal and actionable cues. And that's where I want to start. We're going to talk about body language, presence, and all of that before we even get into little things you can do to fake it until you become whatever you're trying to be. Okay, are you ready for this? I don't know if you're sitting in a car, if you're riding a stationary bike or on a treadmill or wherever you are, but we're going to talk about posture because that is key in faking it until we make it or faking it until we become what we're trying to become. Social scientists have spent a lot of time studying nonverbal communication and body language, how we hold our body speaks. It not only sends a message to others that are watching us, it sends a message to our own brain. That is part of why I'm talking about this in today's episode, because if you don't believe you're capable of doing something, we can trick our brain into doing it. But let's go into something that we can all relate to. It's the season of the Olympics right now as this podcast is being recorded. And there's something called the winner's pose. And you've done it, even if you've done it in the living room, watching maybe your favorite football team in the Super Bowl, Gray Cup, whatever you watch for football. Maybe it's a soccer game. Maybe it's a gymnast who lands a jump. And actually, I want to use the gymnast as the visual for you. So when they nail a jump, what do they do? Their arms go overhead in a V shape with their chin up. Sometimes when we do it because somebody is, a team is winning, we do it, you know, we do we do that V pose. We have both hands in the air because we feel victorious, right? That is a body language of dominance, of pride. It's expansion. It's making our body bigger, You've done it somewhere at some point. Maybe you watch your child play a sport and they scored a soccer goal, or maybe uh, your daughter is a ballerina. She nailed a performance and backstage you just went, yes, and you threw your hands over your head, both hands up, in a V, chin up, high five. That's called the winner's pose. Well, this is really interesting. A professor of psychology at the University of British Columbia named Jessica Tracy found that people born without sight, do that pose. People born blind, basically, will do that pose. They've never seen it. It's instinctual. It's a form of expression of pride and dominance. And I've got this. And it speaks, right? If you see someone create that pose with their body, that person is in the zone. They have won. They have dominated. It is an expression of dominance. How fascinating is it that people born without sight do it and they've never seen it? I think that is incredible. And that is a sign of the human condition that knows that when we feel powerful, we expand our body. So now, how are you sitting right now? some of you may be slouched. Some of you may be, you know, head down, shrinking. You might be having a sad day. You might be sideways fetal, kind of looking out a window. Some of you are in the gym and the gym makes you feel powerful and strong and your shoulders are back. Whatever posture you are taking is telling your body how to feel. It's telling your body how to perform. If you're slouching. You're not going to give 100%. There is no way a body that is slouched and shrinking can. And I'm going to tell you the science of why that's true. We've all heard that our thoughts can change our behavior. Our thoughts can change how we operate, how our brain affects our body. Yes? You've thought of that. Our mindset can dictate how we attract things into our life, how we approach things in our life. A lot of people don't really consider how your body does the same exact thing. And I'm going to use science to prove it to you. It's so cool to really understand this. Amy Cuddy, a social psychologist from Princeton, has a really cool TED Talk on this very topic. So if you like this kind of topic, I would love to direct you to that. And this is one of the studies that she did. First, let me just go back to our winner's pose. We know that when we when we express power and dominance, we expand our body. When we're feeling devalued, powerless, or even apologetic, we just don't feel good. We shrink. Yes, you you can agree to that. That's simple. We know. So what did Amy do? Well, she had people, this is a really cool study, spit into a vial and then perform various poses. And then at the end of the pose, spit into the vial again and she was measuring hormones. So first, let's do the hormones. She was measuring testosterone and cortisol. When we are in the winner's pose or any power pose, if you sit back from a desk, put your feet up on the desk and your hands behind your head, that's a power pose. If you sit over the desk and drop your head into your hands, like you're thinking and you're looking down at the desk, that's a, that's a weak pose. That's not a strong power pose. So Amy took strong power poses and weak power poses, and she measured through saliva testing testosterone and cortisol before and after. What do you think she found? You know it. She discovered that when people did high power poses, it changed their hormones literally changed their body chemistry. If they had a powerful expansion pose, It they use the Wonder Woman pose. Have you ever seen it? I want you to think about this wherever you are. Maybe you can't do it where you are right now, but if you're standing, put both hands on your hips, take your feet more than shoulder width apart, pull your shoulders back and your chin up, not up, elevated up, more like strong looking straight out. That's the Wonder Woman pose. You've seen a picture of her with her cape and how she stands. That pose is what we're talking about. That's one of the power poses. It changes your body chemistry. The winner's pose, hands over the head, changes your body chemistry. Feet on the desk, leaning back in a chair with your hands clasped behind your neck and head, that's a power pose. These poses... Increase testosterone and decrease cortisol. And those chemicals, those hormones, are responsible for you displaying competence, confidence, and dominance. Isn't that fascinating? Well, you know what else she found on the contrary? Low power poses did the reverse. Low power poses spiked cortisol and dropped testosterone, it did the absolute reverse. So can we fake it until we make it or fake it until we become? absolutely? freaking We can. We can go out there. We just have to tell our brain that we're going to do it. You have to get off the ledge, take the leap, and fake it. Your body, over time, will start to change the hormones that it releases, it secretes, and you're going to develop the confidence. And before I get into the few ways that I know neuroscience says you can fake it until you make it, things you can do, I want you to think about where you would use this. Maybe it's in making a great first impression. Like we talked about in a previous episode, maybe it is going on a first date, going on a job interview, or being a speaker in front of a group of people. Your body language and your nonverbal cues will tell your audience or whoever's watching you, whether you are competent in whatever it is you're talking about. So your body language matters. How you stand, how you present, All of that matters. If you fidget a lot with your face or with something around your face, that displays lack of confidence and lack of competence. Just that simple little thing, keeping your hands away from your face, away from your hair. And yes, if your wind is blowing in your hair or you have a hair in your eye, we're not talking about that. I'm talking about constantly like fiddling. Do you ever see a girl, like a young girl twirl her hair in her finger? That be- can become a habit and it also can be a form of managing anxiety. It can also be a sign of feeling not confident or undervalued or not loved. So our body language, our nonverbal cues speak to other humans who we are. It makes a huge difference. But more importantly, our body language and nonverbal cues that we're giving others are telling our brain who we are. And by whatever posture we're using, we are altering our body chemistry. If you're feeling maybe not so confident right now, It is time to change your body language. It's time to change. Your posture. It's time to take on a power pose. Now, that does not mean walking to work and standing among your coworkers in the Wonder Woman pose. It doesn't mean that. It does mean you do need to bring those shoulders back. It does mean you need to walk with intention. It does mean that your eyes are up and you make eye contact. All of those things communicate that you are a lady in charge, that you are competent and confident in what it is you're doing. And even if you're not, you will be the more you repeat the power posing because it's changing your body chemistry. And once the body chemistry changes, you will begin to feel it more and more for real. And the more you feel it, the more you become it. You have essentially faked it until you made it, or faked it until you become whatever it is you're trying to become. Okay, so let's just go over a few things you can do, a few practical tips that you can do starting right now at the end of this episode. Since I've already spoken about posture, we're going to do that first. If you're feeling sad, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling defeated, if you want to clear your brain, You need to fake your posture because if you're sad, tired, or, you know, just weighed down, bogged down and overwhelmed, your posture is not in a form of expansion. It's shrinking. You need to fake your posture. Don't slouch. Don't slump. Slouching actually changes the brain chemistry so that you can't think clearly. Sitting up helps you think clearly. Did you know that? Tell your students, tell your kids. If they sit up, they will have better clarity when they're test taking and when they're learning. You want to sit up with your shoulders back, hold your head up high, straighten your spine, but don't be so stiff like a soldier, right? We're not trying to be the gymnast that lands the jump. We're trying to be more erect instead of slouching. You also want to maintain your breathing. You don't want it to be super shallow and fast. You want your breathing to be naturally. And if you have to channel someone that you that you see and you go, wow, I would love to emulate her confidence, do it. Let that be your alter ego. If you like her posture, if you like how she stands and you go, wow, I wish I had that, give her a nickname. I used to have an alter ego. I called her Jazzy Jamie. <laughs> Jazzy Jamie was a sweetheart. She was a very warm, inviting, communicative speaker who had beautiful presence and posture on stage, and she could connect with women to the point where you felt like you could do anything. She inspires you to believe in yourself. And that alter ego, I'm going to share a secret, is Jamie Kern Lima. She wrote a book recently called Believe It. She was the creator of It Cosmetics, and she's the first female that ever sold a cosmetic company to L'Oreal Professionnel for $1.2 billion after being in debt in her house manufacturing things without any money, used all her savings. Anyway, she's an inspiration to me. I love her story. Another tip, go read her book. You will love, love, love it. You will cry. You'll laugh, all the things. But Jazzy Jamie was my alter ego until I found the confidence to be who I wanted to be when I was speaking publicly. And find your alter ego, Find someone that you go, wow, I want to be like that. I would love to emulate that. Give her a nickname, okay? And speak and almost have to be like an actress and pretend and you will get it. And it will change you. So you're going to feel better. So first, fake your posture. And this one is huge. I spoke about this in the Making a First Impression episode. Force a smile. No matter what, force a smile. I used to say this to my kids. If they were really grouchy, or they were like having a gloomy day, I would acknowledge their gloom. I would acknowledge their emotions, but then I would say, change your face. If you want to feel better, change your face. And that meant take the frown and flip it the other way around. There is science behind faking a smile. It relaxes the vocal cords and it changes your hormones loosening the face, uplifts the cheekbones, triggers a happier mood, encourages friendliness. It's There's a mind-body connection. There's actually a test uh, neuroscientists did where they took a pen, like a writing instrument, a pen. And if you put it long ways in your mouth, like in your teeth, change your hormones. Just holding the pen, it changes your face. Changing your face changes your hormones. Put a smile on that is not only going to improve your first impressions, it's going to improve your brain chemistry. Okay, here's another one. Now we talked about the winner's pose, right? We talked about throwing your hands over your head in a V and like, woohoo, yes, this is not me. I'm not making this up. This is something that science says, throw your hands over your head and say, (laughs) <laughs> I'm cracking up as I say it. I can't even do it with a straight face. It's already changed my body chemistry. If you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling sad, or maybe you're overwhelmed with deadlines or some type of ab- obligation, give yourself a little like nudge and go, you're going to be okay. You've got this. You know, acknowledge the feeling, give it some time, maybe, I don't know, 20 or 30 seconds. Then put your hands over your head and go, we like you just can't not feel good when you say, "Wee," <laughs> and I'm not kidding, and I wish i someday I would love to have my daughter on here as a co-host because I have done the craziest stuff with her in the car, and one of them is using our voice to you know dump like emotion or express emotion and you know there's a there's also neuroscience that said if you just are in your car alone scream at the top of your lungs it's really good for you and i've done that with her without warning and she's like what the actual heck mom what are you doing <laughs> and i used it as a teaching moment it scared her but i got her attention right if i do this wee thing she will just be like oh my gosh mom really but it, she knows it works and it does so try the wee Your hands over your head. Okay, here's another one that you can do practically. Pretend you know the answer. If you think you know the answer, your self belief system strengthens and you have a tendency to be right. That's kind of like poker face, right? People have a good poker face or not a good poker face when they're playing a game of poker. Gamblers have this down. Pretend that you're winning, pretend you have it. It gives you a sense of confidence. That is a very difficult trick to learn, but once you learn it, you can override lack of feeling confident and competent and change your competence. Studies show this technique works. That is truly faking it until you make it. I can't think of a better example. The other one is act as if. Okay, that isn't that all what you're talking about, Christine? Well, Yes. But you can use this in social settings. Do you want to feel more self-confident? Then stop dwelling on the future. Engage in the present. Just do it. Just get into action circulate in groups of people, get speaking to people, put your hand out. Well, I guess maybe it's an elbow now. We don't shake hands anymore, right? But hand out maybe your digital business card or your social media or your website. Uh, Treat others first. You initiate. Act as if you are who you want to be, if you could see me, I am using my hands as I speak. So I have my hand under my chin and I'm going act as if, and my, my hand is dropping. So I'm cracking myself up because, you know, that's growing up on the East coast. We use our hands when we talk, I'm animated, but you want to act as if you already are what you want to be. Act it out, play it out. What is the absolute worst that could happen? Really? What is the worst that could happen? Find one thing, one tiny thing do it get successful at it and then do another big thing do it in baby steps i'm not saying act as if you're the ceo of a company when you're you know at the bottom of the ladder and you have a lot to climb i'm not i'm not suggesting that arrogance gets us nowhere humility and confidence gets us far so if we have self assuredness with some humility you're you're bred to be a leader you just need to believe it Arrogance is different and that's not what I'm promoting here. If I'm interviewing someone to work in my salon and they come in with an attitude of, yep, yep, I've been doing that for years. I don't need any help. I've got that figured out, got that down. And I'm the best. Nobody can do it like me. Oh yeah, my boss in my last salon, they used to try to get me to do blah, 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 or whatever. You, can, you know arrogance. You know it when you hear it. You know it when you see it. There is a difference between arrogance and confidence. And I'm not promoting arrogance. I'm promoting self-assuredness, confidence, balanced with humility. Put those two together, you're eventually going to feel more confident in social situations. So smiling, posture, poker face, right? (laughs) Pretend you already know, acting as if. These are practical tips. And then also changing your state. Hands overhead. Whee! (laughs) doing something like that. All of these will help you fake it until you become. And I want to leave you with one thought. This is not only to make a first impression. This is mostly for you to believe that you can do. So this is not to be done to manipulate other people. This is to be done to manipulate your brain chemistry so that you can self-improve. Yes, we can use it to make a great first impression. Yes, it will help you build confidence there. But I want you to use this information to make you a better version of you. And that, my friend, will put out a very good first impression. As soon as you hit end on this episode, I want you to try one of these things. Sit up tall, smile, say, Wee! <laughs> send me a message, let me know how it goes. That's all I have for you today. Until next time. Thank you for being here. I promise you, if you take any of this into account and put it into practice, you are going to feel more brave and more competent to move the needle in your life. If you try it and it works or it doesn't, I want to hear it. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me on Instagram or Facebook at Christine brunelli that's my handle, or send me an email, info at Christinebrunelli.com. I would love to hear from you. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you get notified the next time a new episode releases. And until next time, have a fierce, fit, feminine, and fabulous day.